Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2015. We're broadcasting live from the Guys Guys Radio studios here in Harlem, New York City, USA. We've got a great show tonight. Our special guest is Dr. Nicola Bird. She's a psychotherapist, finder of the founder of the self-imaging therapy concept and practice and she's an author web series and radio host we're going to bring her on in a few minutes i'm excited about that because she's got a real uh system in place to help people uh get kind of unstuck i've reviewed all her materials and it's really uh it's outstanding so i can't wait to bring her on let's uh, kind of review what's been going on so it's june 10th we're right smack in the middle of a gorgeous spring turning towards summer we've got the summer solstice comes up uh I think it's June 21st, which is next week. And it's amazing because, you know, the days are long right now. And it's been, we had, you know, this ridiculously long cold winter. And now we've had a nice spring. And by June 21st, the time starts to change a little bit where we lose one minute of daylight every day after June 21st. So lesson learned. Make sure you make the most out of every minute because time passes quickly. And I can tell you from experience, the older you get, the faster it seems to go. But that doesn't mean you can't savor and make the most out of every moment. So what else is going on in the uh, guys' guys world? Well, uh, you know, the whole guys' guy movement started with my novel, The Guys' Guys' Guide to Love. And I wrote the book uh, to really help bridge the chasm of communication between men and women. And I think we've accomplished that. It's a fun, it's a fun book. People uh, really seem to enjoy the uh, the story and the message behind it. And I have entered. I wrote a screenplay, and I've entered it in some of the top competitions. And I just got a, a write up from uh, Blue Cat yesterday, which is one of the top screenwriting competitions. And they really said, you know, this is a rom com. It has to be categorized as a rom com, but it's much more than that. Uh, and it really has an interesting story, and there's a lot that can be done with it. So I'm very, very positive about uh, the opportunities at hand with the story, The Guys, Guys, God to Love, and I have blocked out time this summer to finally write the sequel uh, to The Guys, Guys, God to Love, and I'm very excited about that, and it's going to focus on the number two character, Roger Fox, who's a very interesting character, so I can't wait to do that. And um, hopefully by the end of the summer, we'll have some more traction on the screenplay and we can see what happens from there. Since the book came out, uh, I started Guys Guys Radio and it, you know, it started as a kind of a dating, dating platform uh, because it was about the relationship between men and women. And then it's kind of expanded and evolved to be about really uh, when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins and better men, better world. And since then, I've gotten a lot of publicists have sent me some terrific guests who have uh, are doing things to help uh, enhance uh, mankind and help men be at their best and help women be at their best and really help people actualize their goals. So at, at the same time, I've been getting an incredible uh, gift because I'm spreading the word on behalf of my guests. And I am getting firsthand experience. And I'm one of these people who learns by doing. And so with all my guests, I get to learn through their messaging, learn through the systems of, a, of a practice that they've set up, and learn and be able to be an advocate for the positive of the work they're doing. So, you know, you have to really just, you know, when, you, when you're doing something, and I have a lot of goals, and I want a lot of things to happen. And you have to be careful, though, not to just say, they have to happen when I want them to happen and the way I want them to happen. You have to be open to trusting in the universe. And I know that sounds contrite, but you have to be able to be trusting and knowing that it'll happen in the right way. And if it doesn't happen exactly as you had planned it, 
it could happen in a, in a much more effective way that's much more in sync with what your life's purpose is. So I'm rolling and I'm doing Guys Guys Radio and spreading the positive word. I'm doing my other creative stuff with my fiction work and I've got a proposal out for my nonfiction book, The Guys Guys Guide to Life, Love and the Pursuit of Happiness, which is loosely based on my blog which is now syndicated across the U.S., and uh, I'm a featured blogger at uh, Your Tango now. So it's all come together. You can also catch up with me uh, on Facebook, Robert Manny Author, um, Twitter, at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny Author, and all Guys Guys Radio podcasts are available both on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to us live or you can subscribe. And also you can subscribe to iTunes. So if you want to hear the broadcast, the podcast, whenever you want, if you're driving or whatever, you can get it in your car and you listen at your leisure. So just go to iTunes and look up Guys Guys Radio on podcasts. And there we are. And there's over, we're approaching 140 podcasts now. And I can't tell you how proud I am of all the wonderful guests I've had. What else is happening in Guys Guys World real quick? Well, uh, Last uh, Saturday, my wife and I and my young son, we attended the 65th anniversary gala luncheon of my parents, Serge and Carol Manny, as well as my dad, Serge Manny's 90th birthday. Now, he was a smart guy. He got married on his, on his anniversary. That's one way of not forgetting your anniversary. And uh, it was a splendid affair, and they had all their friends and a whole bunch of family members, and uh, we had a really good time, and it was short and sweet, but uh, effective, and I hope they had a great time. I gave my folks a digital frame with a whole bunch of pictures of my wife and I and Sky, my young son. And, uh, you know, it's set up in the living room. Hopefully they'll enjoy it. Uh, what else is happening? Well, I just, speaking of anniversaries, I am approaching my fifth year wedding anniversary and it's gone so quickly. And I'm one of these guys that uh, got married later in life. In fact, I was single for so long that I would go to family functions during the holidays and nobody even asked me, when are you getting married? I was, it was past that. And, uh, and I remember about six or seven years ago, I told my mom, you know, I'm getting married next year. And she's like, really? Who? I'm like, I don't know. I just have a feeling I'm, that's going to happen. And uh, sure enough, I met somebody the next year. We got engaged one year after meeting to the day. And then we uh, got married uh, just about a year later. We couldn't get the wedding set up on the date that we met, but pretty close. So June 19th is my five-year wedding anniversary. So much has happened. We have a young son now. He's two years old. And uh, it's been a real change of life for me. I was, not, I was, never, I was never a womanizer. But I, I like women and I like to date and I like meeting new people and I'm, I'm a sexual creature and I'm kind of a horn dog too. So being single turned out to be a great thing for me because I met so many fantastic women and I had long-term relationships and I just didn't feel prompted to get married. It just, none of the relationships felt right. And this is not a slight on any of the women. They were fantastic. It was, it was me as, you know, as they say, it was not, it's not you, it's me. And it was me. And I'm glad I waited. And then I met my wife and initially I met her and it was a beautiful meeting and we got together and then I didn't go out with anybody else and that was it. And we got married and I, I wasn't planning on it and it just happened, uh, in a, in a, in a very organic way. And, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. It's not easy being married. It's not easy making the change from being a long-term bachelor in a place like New York city where there's so many outstanding, beautiful, smart, happening women. And if you if you have your stuff together and you're a guy, you can date anybody because there's, there's a lot of guys who they don't know what they're doing. And uh, I don't mean to condemn them or anything, but uh, it's just there's a lot of people, men and women, who aren't mindful. And there's a, there's a lot of women who don't know what they're doing either. And I noticed from my uh, time I spent in online dating that – a lot of people were dating online and they, they didn't have a game plan. They didn't really know. They were just kind of goofing around. And uh, you don't have to make it like at school or anything, but you, you really have to, you know, it's like an ad campaign. And my background is marketing and advertising. You really have to know who you are and what your brand is and what you stand for. And you have to understand your target audience and what they're looking for and, and then how you can uniquely fill the need that they have and then be able to communicate that 
in an effective way that impacts their emotional senses and uh, get you together uh, with them in a, in a meaningful, fun way. And so I was lucky enough that it happened pretty quickly. But at the time, I had felt like I was the master of online dating and I was having a blast. But that's what happens. You just have to roll with it. So now I'm married. It's five years went quickly. Um, my wife is a teacher uh, and she teaches me. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like enough. All right. I got it. But you know what? It's part of the curriculum, if you will. And uh, so I just shrug it off. I say, you know what? She's making a good point here. Her her uh, intent is to have the best relationship possible. And I've been, you know, was on my own for so long. I don't like to kind of get too much, too much direction, if you will. Um, but um, I'm getting better and better at being more open about that and about paying attention. And a lot of guys don't pay attention. And uh, I remember after our third date, I said, you know what? I'm having such a great time with you. What do I need to do to be a good boyfriend? Because I'd had so many relationships that kind of were good and then went bad and went sour. And she said, pay attention. I'm like, that's it? She goes, yeah, pay attention. So I did. And I'm still working on that. It's not that easy. But I'm paying attention, and uh, it it gets better and better, and I have so much love for the family, and my son is teaching me so much about love and so much about myself and about patience that uh, it's really good because, you know, as a guy and as an older guy relative to when you usually have kids, dealing with an infant and uh, it's not easy. Uh, I had no training. I had no thought about it. And uh, it's like, wow, this is this is like so random. But I got through it. And now my son's two. And we were on the, you know, we're on a good wavelength together. And uh, we have a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. So uh, I would highly recommend for every guy to out there to get married at some point. Because it, to me, it's just, you know, filling out kind of your overall life experience. And, and, and it's a good thing. So uh, there we are. So I could get into the NBA finals and LeBron James trying to win the championship on his own. And it's really, it's really pretty amazing. And now we've got a third of the baseball season has already been put to bed, but we'll save that for another time. Let's talk about our guest, Dr. Nicola Bird. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really pleased to have her on the show because she's got, uh, she's, she's got a, a multiple set of products and programs that she's going to talk to us about, and she's doing everything with a goal of helping people. And um, she's got the, a new she's a new generation psychotherapist. She successfully pioneered what's called self imaging therapy (SIT), which is a groundbreaking approach to personal transformation and brain retraining. And it what she's doing is she's helping all the people out there who kind of get stuck. And you know how it is. I mean, I just came off a 10-day 10-day uh, juice fast. It's very easy just to jump right back into the same behavior that motivated me to go into the juice fast. And you have to really be mindful not to fall into the same habits again. So she's onto that and she's going to help us how to deal with that. Uh, she's going to teach us about the tools to free ourselves from negative tapes, limitations, and fears. She's also a host of a web series called Out on a Limb with Dr. Nicola Bird. And she's got a radio show, Out on the Limb Radio. Uh, she's got a couple of websites, nicolabird.com and outonthelimbnetwork.com. And she's also author of a book called The Boomerang Effect, How You Can Take Charge of Your Life. Uh, so she's really a, a mag, you know, she's a real happening person and she's giving back. So let's bring her on right now. And the other thing I like about her is she's in Toronto and uh, I have a soft spot. I really had fun every time I went to Toronto on business and I, I really like Canada. I really like Canadians and I think Toronto is a world-class city. So anyhow, let's bring her on now. Good evening, Nicola. Hi there. How are you? Lovely. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So as I was telling everybody, you're, you're, you're a real renaissance woman. I mean, you've done so much in terms of putting all these programs together. What kind of what's the, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, Dr. Bird, and also about what inspired you to put together some of these programs, including uh, SIT. 
Well, SIT really is the foundation of, of everything. Well, and, it's, and, well, I call it shit. It's just easier. <laughs> and it's, cause it's, uh, yeah, because it's self-imaging therapy. So, and that kind of is what it is, where you, you, you take time to go within yourself to take a look at things that are... Uh, either not working well or you want to resolve or just difficulties or challenges and and really work through them and more importantly really create really strong healthy patterns from within the self like really going change change from inside out in in in, in a nutshell now were you uh were you getting your, yourself, were you getting stuck? Were you experiencing some of these uh, symptoms that you're helping people kind of get past? Good question. Well, the thing is, is that it's really impossible for us not, anyone not to get stuck in their life. I mean, who hasn't gotten stuck? Huh? <laughs> well, they're an ascended master, I have. that's for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's part of life. We all have challenges. We all go through different difficulties, and so, absolutely, I, I, I had my own things to overcome. But actually, my work came out of my own personal transformation, and I was married for a short time, quite a long time ago, and I was married, you know, about two and a half years, and he was emotionally abusive, and that was a real awakening for me to mirror things within myself that I want, needed to look at. And, and these are patterns that started early in my life that I hadn't been aware of. And I really wanted to change. I, I saw how unhealthy things that I had learned were driving choices and driving behaviors. And I didn't want them to be unconscious choices anymore. I want to become aware of whatever was not healthy within me and not only just to become aware of them, but the bigger question was, as I learn about them, how do I actually change them? And that's what the work really became about, a real change agent from within, deep within myself and a self-reconstruction. So how did you get started? So you had this epiphany, if you will, that these are some things that needed to be worked on. What, what, you know, I'm just curious, like, what did you do? Like, what were the steps to build the program? I mean, first you had to have the realization and then, then what did you do? Well then, okay. Then I, I have to back up a little bit okay. <laughs> because I was, I, I, I was already predisposed to this kind of stuff. I was always into my, my inner life. I was doing meditation. I was doing inner work. I was working on my dreams and I was doing that from, teenager I was really into what was the whole personal growth and self-development and self-reflection so it was already my journey I was doing so many things actually to to grow only to find myself more stuck and more challenged so that was the uh, opportunity for me to harness a lot of what I had understood or, or innate talents and say okay and, and it really, it was an eye-opener. It made me understand how I could change based on, one, on, on a lot of what I innately was capable of understanding because, again, I had an, 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 eye, an inward eye and also from the, the learning that I had done from meditation work and, and, and therapeutic work and different things. I, and, and so I put it all together and... Then I started doing this. Then I started doing the and in a process based on a lot of the, the the understanding that I had come to. A lot of it came from my inner life in terms of studying the whole mechanisms within from uh, dreaming and, and the, the the psychology of the inner life. And that then taught me how to tap in and, and create change to change to, to use that internal language that we all have and it's not as it sounds a little complicated i think as i'm describing it in essence it's 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 the interior language of ourselves that i was tapping into that your 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 images these are your life story and changing those it's not a complicated process 
technically it sounds like that when I'm describing it. It's really just getting into the inner language at the core and, and, mm-hmm. and changing from an inner level. You know, it's uh, very impressive about because uh, uh, you 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 walked the you walked the talk the talk, but you walked the walk because very quickly you completed three degrees: an undergraduate degree, two graduate degrees, a, a master's, and a PhD from University of Toronto in six and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. That was was that uh, sparked by your desire to come up with this new way of uh, this new program to help get people unstuck, if you will. Already doing it, why I was able to do that so fast. So mm-hmm. I had uh, already started my own inner processing, which is what prompted me to go and then uh, study. So I was already doing this from inside out, working on myself, and I saw those profound changes mm-hmm. because it really changed me from inside out in terms of self doubts and fears and. Uh, there was so much personal transformation that I was able to like just really move forward and and really achieve what I wanted. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Uh, we uh, it yeah, broke yeah, up for a second. second. Yes. Yeah. We broke yeah. for yeah. Yeah. We're here again. Okay. It seems to. I have to tell you with. Uh, with the system we're on every week at a certain right. point, it breaks up for about 10 seconds. So that's okay. We'll right. edit that out. Oh, yeah. But go ahead. Yes. So uh, I, I had finished, but <laughs> um, so I, the, the profound changes that I was doing from inside out really allowed me to transform my self-doubts and my fears and, and things that were getting in my way and really just go full speed ahead and achieve my goals. And really transformation to me comes, starts first within ourselves and then, and then, you know, manifests in our external life. So that is philosophy, philosophically how I approach things and what my work is all about. So, um, one of the things that uh, I found interesting, you say that the mind doesn't know the difference between a real and an imagined experience. So uh, that sounds to me without, you know, I haven't, I haven't uh, taken your course or haven't experienced it yet. It sounds to me that um, visualization is an important component. Is that accurate? It is accurate. And at the same time, it, it, it doesn't capture the whole thing. Okay. Imagination is, and, and, and what you're saying is what most people uh, believe or understand, which is not a problem because there's not that much discussion about it, which is fine. <laughs> uh, the imagination is multisensory. Your imagination is not strictly visual. It's one aspect. It uses all mm-hmm. the senses, sight, taste, uh, you know, sound, all your senses are engaged with your imagination. And, and, and you know, you write, you will understand that, of course, that when you're tapping in. So in the work, the visual actually is the least important component for me. It, the most important co- component is the ability to, to feel and let's emotionally feel because most most of us are really quite disconnected from ourselves, and and that's really right. highlighted all mm-hmm. the time in my work. And we're we're definitely because when we, it's one it's a survival mechanism, to that we try and cope with things that are unpleasant or difficult or challenging, or hurts or anything like that, by by dissociating, disconnecting, and kind of avoiding the whole thing. So as a result we can be quite disconnected from ourselves. And the, um, so to get in touch with what you're feeling is a major component of, the ima- of really harnessing the imagination because nothing is real unless you feel it. And, and, when, I, and when you use that um, example where I, I say, if, if you imagine something, uh, vividly imagine something, uh, it's a, it's, your brain doesn't know the difference. It's the same thing as if you were actually in, uh, doing the same action. That's because in that vivid imagination, that moment, you are actually sensing it. So if you imagine eating, your, eating something that you really like, um, chocolate cake, for instance, or ice cream, or delicious fruid, or whatever your, your, you know, really gets you going and salivating at the mouth, that image comes with an emotion. You, you feel it, you sense it, you can taste it in your
your mouth. It's all those that sensory engagement that where the brain doesn't differentiate because it's the emotional response mm-hmm. that that where it computes information. Okay. So it's, it's multisensory rather than just visual. Okay. How, uh, and this is just a little bit of a wild card question, because that's something I've been working with recently, and I, I noticed that when I started doing this a couple of days ago, it didn't flow that easily for me. In fact, I try to verbalize things when I want to, when I'm doing affirmations, whatever, and I noticed that, right. you know, when the first couple of times, if you either verbalize things or write them down, sometimes they're even hard to write down because you haven't convinced yourself that these things can actually occur. And when you try to right. say certain things, it's, it's it doesn't come out the way you want sometimes because you haven't really, you're not really knowing it. So I'm wondering how important is tapping into your, let's call it your divine self to, Mm -hmm. to, to, to work with your divine self to help you, uh, succeed in your process. Is that part of the program? Well, I mean, if I believe in the divine self and, and it's, it's a really important part of my personal experience, and so for me, I will feel like I'm tapping into my divine self. Uh, if a person doesn't have that label or, or that identification or that experience mm-hmm. or see it that way, then they will then define that. But w- so in essence, it will come from whatever your perspective is or your understanding of mm-hmm. what. So if you don't have an understanding of a divine source, you may then see it as tapping into love I had that. I had a person say that actually recently. So I'm thinking back, and she said, "You know, I don't know if I have any understanding of anything divine or cosmic or anything, but I do know that there is love." And I said, "Well, that's good mm-hmm. enough, God, for me, yep. <laughs> right?" Yeah, absolutely. And sure. exactly. So, it, what it is is you do tap into something, which mm-hmm. I will define profound. Another person might define as their empowerment, something deeper, something that takes you. That, that transforms you. Let's say you tap into something that is transcendent, whether it's love, whether it's confidence, whether it's a sense of safety, security, self-worth, whatever it is that transforms you. If you connect that to something divine, that will be a divine experience. If it isn't, it will be a resolution to what it is that is causing conflict. So it's, it's and, and the goal of the work and, and, and certainly is the, the whole philosophical, I think it's important for all people, is that within us, in every one of us, is all that we need to succeed. We, we don't need to change. We need mm-hmm. to grow. We need to overcome things that get in our way and tap deeper into our resources because we, ha- we are so much. We just don't know how much we are because we're limited mm-hmm. by any of the things we learned or the beliefs we have or the emotional uh, prisons we find get trapped in, like our insecurities and our self-doubt. Those will be our emotional prisons, and these will all box us in and prevent us from really accessing the incredibleness that we actually are. So the, the goal is to really you know, peel away all of these like un- unhealthy boxes that, that keep us tra- trapped in open ourselves up to how incredible we really are and access that and, and remove those limitations that we've learned or that are part of our personality that we haven't learned to manage well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, let's say, let's come up with an example. Somebody has an issue where they haven't been able to manifest their optimal business success, let's say, or career success, and they come to you, how does the process and the program work? What are they, what are they looking at? Okay, so they're going to look at something within themselves. So the journey is an internal journey. So a person actually, uh, once they discuss whatever it is, they will go into an interior place. So it's actually a closed eyes process from there on in. They're fully conscious. They're fully, and that's the whole part to bring more consciousness to themselves about who they are, what they are, and what's driving. And they get the, the, the problem. So they'll get to the root of the problem. They'll go to what's actually do getting you, in you, the way. So do you so guide they, them? Is, this like, is it like hypnosis? Yes. Oh, yes. 
Okay. No, it's not hypnosis because, like I okay. said, they're, they're fully aware. No, it is not hypnosis. The idea is actually to become as conscious as you can become of yourself. Okay. Okay. It, 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 typically, you know, for the most part, whatever is getting in a person's way comes from something they've learned in childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of uh, whatever. I mean, and that can come from. And 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 thing. I think sometimes people believe that if they. Well, my, I didn't have a bad childhood. I was loved. I felt fine. That they don't. That that's going to absolve them or not affect their future life. Well, there's no perfect life. We learn all kinds of things, right? So just you don't have to go, come from trauma or abuse or painful childhood for things that you've learned about yourself to affect you later on. And typically, it comes from whatever it is that we carry forward with us and healthy. Uh, ways of seeing ourselves and, and feeling and, and, and um, learned emotions. So those will get in the way and sabotage further uh, development. And typically, it comes a lot back to sense of worth and mm-hmm. uh, not feeling good enough. And every human being goes through that. I haven't seen one person who doesn't, no matter what their background. That's That's a part of the human condition to to n- not know their value or, you know, each person needs to work at knowing our value and not in a way that we're compensating for our inadequacies by overinflating ourselves. It's really a deep-seated, um, I am enough. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to grow, but we come from a place of, I'm all, again, I, I am all I need to succeed and what, whatever is getting in my way. So in the work, what we do is the person, they come in, they're going into what the, the deep-rooted cause and of what's creating that and then transforming that. A big part of it is the relationship a person will have with themselves. It is a mind-body holistic process where a person tra- goes, connects with whatever the problem is in through their body. So it's very holistic, and in that way, it's transformational. And each, each session is transformational, and, and the person comes out feeling, um, you know, stronger and, and more resolved, and with the tools to, to heal. Okay, excellent. So uh, this is Guys Guys Radio. We're talking to our special guest, Dr. Nicola Bird, and we're talking about Essa Sit right now. Um, so, so how many sections does typically does somebody need to be able to kind of break through and break out of the you know the patterns that they they're stuck in when they work with you well there definitely is no rule as i Mm -hmm. said each session it is transformational it doesn't mean that it fixes everything but a person does go through a feeling that they've moved from one point to the other and comes out with a sense of resolution that doesn't and then it all will depend on what the issue is, how deeply entrenched it is, what a person wants from the work, and it, it, it's very individual. And I know that might seem like, you know, I'm not answering it, but, but really because I, 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 it. It, it runs from a couple to a year, you know, a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. a few months, a year, a couple of years. People choose what they want from it and what they want to get from it or how they want to proceed uh, so it's going to be individual. Okay. Why, why do you think that people keep repeating the same thing and find themselves kind of stuck in a cycle? I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, a lot of people do dieting and they yo-yo diet and I, I've done fasts and juice fasts and master cleanses and all that stuff. And I, you know, I find myself it's very easy to go back to just eating what I was eating before. And I have to be really mindful when I get out of, out of, off of a fast to like, not just jump right back into the same patterns, but we are guess that we're, I guess we're creatures of habit. So wh- mm-hmm. why, why is it that people just go back to their comfort zone in terms of bad behavior? <laughs> oh, what a loaded question. I mean, there's so many, many layers to this, and I'll, I'll t- touch on a few. Okay. And when you said we're creatures of habit, that's really, really, uh, we, we do have to learn new disciplines, and mm-hmm. uh, once we learn and reprogram our brain and, and mind-body, we can really 
overcome a pattern because we, but we do have to have that degree of reprogramming. The reprogramming has kind of, I would have to say, to be complete <laughs> to to get past one. That's something that you'd have to have a complete shift out of a behavior and really plugged into a new pattern and sustain that pattern for the, for the mind-body to reprogram. Otherwise, the, the, the tracks that have already been laid are dominant. So, the quote-unquote, the bad behavior tracks are dominant and short-term quick fixes will not change those tracks. It really has to be a level of excavation. In my work, people do excavate and they do transform and, and, and move to another side over time. Um, so it does take consistent and continual reprogramming and refoca- refocusing to change patterns. Otherwise, like I said, the brain is whatever it's been conditioned to be, it will go back to unless that reprogramming occurs. So that's one. Um, so a lot of times when we, are, when we go back to comfort zone patterns or behaviors, it's because it's serving us in ways that we may not be acknowledging and we don't want, and, and may not one be acknowledging, two may not even at all be aware of. And as a result, we don't recognize how the, the thing that we think we want to change is actually we're attached to it and how it's actually serving us. So when you're saying, like, say, food, food is a reward system, and that reward system for whatever that quote-unquote what you're labeling as bad behavior gives us, then will 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 pull us towards it, so to speak. We will move towards it, and it will seem easier because of the immediate quick fix. And that rather than because we're not having the long-term perspective in that moment, so we do have to do retractions, some significant retractions, and and concerted, continual reprogramming for us to overcome patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You, uh, you you also say something that's very interesting, which is where we are told to focus on positives and the law of attraction, which you know is such a hot topic. Uh, and a lot of people are frustrated with working with the law of attraction because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't think a lot of people know how to really, what, what, that, what that entails to be successful. But why, but you say, which I find fascinating, which is that's only half of the story. So could you elaborate on that a little bit, Dr. Berg? Sure. I mean, well, I, I definitely, I, you know, I think that something like the law of attraction it's very seductive because without any real understanding, if you don't look deeper, it really does seem like it's just going to fix your problems. And we all love the idea of a quick fix that you don't have to do too much. You could, and if if it was that easy, then the world would just be <laughs> everybody walking around in utopia, right? Exactly. It, it, right. It, everybody walking around in utopia. So. Really, it's, I actually don't even like the term at all. I, I'm not attracted to it whatsoever. I'm not attracted to the law of attraction. <laughs> anyway, no pun intended, right? <laughs> the, the, I think a broader terminology and, and is that we move towards the world that we know. Because when we are programmed to, uh, and, and segueing from your earlier uh, questions in terms of going back to quote unquote the bad behaviors or things that we know that we are and I see this all the time in my work that really people if you're your known world is what you move towards and you will be continually attracted to where you feel comfortable and unless you do some more deeper kind of reprogramming or overturns those systems then you will tend to be drawn right back to the familiar. And you need, and we unplug from the familiar when it's hurt us enough or we see that it's damaged enough. So, and we, and we usually go through a bit of that before we wake up. So after we've been through this umpteenth bad situation, we go, okay, what do I need to do with myself now? Like we, we, we can, hopefully we'll wake up or we'll keep blaming the world. So if we wake up, we stop blaming and we start owning what's in us that keeps repeating the pattern. So, and, and it's human nature, as you pointed so clearly out, to repeat 
patterns that were creatures of habit. So if we're not looking at those deeper uh, rooted issues, then we're going to always want to escape ourselves, and it will and it can be very superficial to just try and uh, manifest this and manifest that without actually looking at what's driving some of your patterns or behaviors, because there are a lot of deep-rooted things. The biggest problem that I would say that I have with it is that humans are very self-critical and have a judgmental mind, and Absolutely. and that critical voice, and it's, it can be, without understanding, you can turn this idea over on its head and start blaming yourself, using it as more negative reinforcement, like, why do I keep attracting this bad situation? What did I do wrong kind of thinking versus what do I need to learn from this? Because every situation is an opportunity to learn, and life is very, very humbling. And we're not just going to just manifest just out of air or, or everything. We manifest everything. That's what life is. It's, it's teaching us things. And when we learn from the mirrors that are being presented to us in a compassionate, non-critical way and say, okay, this is, I'm experiencing this and what can I, positive thing can I learn from it? That's how we grow. And that's how we start moving towards things that are healthier and better and allow us to, to create from a healthier, more powerful, more positive, life-enhancing place rather than a place that is unhealthy. So if we keep seeing that we're attracting something, a similar thing, then that means there's something in us, not that we're doing something wrong, but something in us that we need to examine and transform. Got it. Now, we're, we're kind of talking about this right now, but let, let me take a half step back because you have a book called The Boomerang Effect, how you can take charge of your life if you wrestle with confused feelings, negative thoughts, issues in your relationships, or the same problems recurring again, kind of what we've been talking about. You have a, a book that deals with that, that gives you strategies to deal with unavoidable and unpredictable obstacles, ways to battle insecurities that impede personal growth and managing perception in a way that can change your life. And you also have something that's in there called the five-minute formula. Could you tell us a little bit about the book and also the five-minute formula, whatever you can share or you feel comfortable sharing? <laughs> oh, sure. No, I'm happy to share. Well, the book does come out of my work, and we are uh, defensive creatures, essentially. I don't think anybody's going to be shocked by that information, and, and everybody's heard, I'm sure, about our fight, flight, and the lesser-known freeze, and those are our survival responses, and mm -hmm. we're programmed that way. There's no, it's part of our DNA, it's, and so when, what happens to us, that we don't have to learn survival responses, we're just programmed, we become defensive, and what will happen, because there's so much part of our psyche and our mindset, we will learn, we will develop mindsets that are based on these defenses, and I give them little personalities. So the runner for the, the, the flight and the mm -hmm. fighter for the, um, the fight and then the hider for the freezing when we just kind of hide. And, and that's how we, we, we go into this the, the protective mode. And uh, that will not be shocking to anyone listening to this, that they all know, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, we're coping by struggling with something, we're coping by trying to avoid, and, and, or we just try to hide, just get a, you know, to, to retreat somewhere. And all defenses are good in the short term. They're not good long. over time. They will hurt us. Mm -hmm. But what I explore in the book is really the, that when we develop these mindsets around them, we use these same defense um, mindsets to try and manage our emotional and mental life. And that's where they're most diabolical and problematic because they don't work that way. They're, they're, but every single person is going to do this because we can't avoid our emotions. If we learn to feel we're inadequate, where are we running to? And if we're, we end up fighting with our inadequacy, we're just struggling within our own selves. Mm -hmm. And where are we hiding? You know, we're just, we're trying to shut down. And we're, the hiding would become the mask, the denial, the pretense. And again, everyone's going to be familiar with that. What, once it's ingrained or learned inside of us, 
none of these mechanisms and these mindsets are going to help us. However, we're going to use them and overuse them. And, and, and in that way, we end up stuck. That's what I call the boomerang effect. We're just going to run round and round in circles, trying to, using a very um, basic and, and fundamental coping styles that don't do anything for sophisticated living. And as a result, we will repeat the same patterns over and over and not understand but we, why. But we will be so married to our defenses. We're so primed for them because we we use them as a way to cope that we're not, we won't see them. We, we will keep wanting to hold on to that, those kind of mechanisms and mindsets. So the book really examines those mindsets in, in a very simple form so that it's really easy to see, oh, that's my behavior. And then what the five-minute <laughs> formulas are the basic uh, what, ways that we can um, reprogram them or become aware of them and shift to more sophisticated ways that we that help us to overcome. So instead of running, for instance, we we learn to be still. Um, instead of struggling, you learn to surrender, and instead of hiding, you 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 face something. So there's basic principles to uh, to becoming aware of when you're when you're utilize over you overusing them. And any place that we are stuck, we are overusing these mindsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also talk about kind of the, and I think it's very uh, relevant to our culture right now, which is how can we enjoy both external and internal successes? I, I've been in business for a long time, marketing and advertising, and you know I'm kind of going in a change my path a bit. And it's so far uh, financially, it hasn't been as lucrative as my traditional marketing work has been, but it's so much more satisfying in, in, in other ways. Yet I see my old buddies and I go out and they talk about business deals and this and that, and then they're doing nothing for the, some of them are doing nothing in terms of the internal, internal evolution uh, and internal successes, if you will. It's strictly like sales, deal, money, and that's it until they get sent out to pasture. So why, why is it so hard and how can we enjoy both and internal, external and internal successes? And why is it so important? Oh, and, and I noticed that you have, uh, which is, uh, you give me all these loaded questions, all of them, which is, <laughs> uh, I, can I can handle it. <laughs> I like to think of them as good questions. <laughs> they're fantastic questions. And, and they're, and they're lovely. And, and they're, Oh my goodness! Questions like this are time immemorial. I mean, investigating what is our internal life, what is our external life—that's what everyone grapples with. I think mm-hmm. that, that humans have been grappling with these kind of questions, and I don't think we're ever going to stop. I mean, I, there are several things. I think some people are more internally motivated than others. Um, I am one of those people for sure. Some people get to that at a certain point in their life when they're dissatisfied and unhappy and things aren't going, that they, that they are looking for things to fulfill them and then realize, mm, this is not making me happy, and then they start to turn a lens somewhere else. Some people never get there at all. They, thought they seem to be quite devoid of an, in, of an intrinsic life or disinterested in it. I mean, let's True. be real here. When, when we come into the world... We come to the outer world. I mean, we're coping from. We have to cope with an external world that we're that is just fascinating. Uh, you know, you watch a baby. The world is so amazing. Mm-hmm. You even want to touch everything and feel everything. I mean, it must be so exciting. What is this? So I think we we first come out with this world outside that's just wow, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> and right, and then and. And we're coping with all of the stimuli externally and to manage being in a family and being, manage being in a social group and manage. So we have so much of an external life and, and we, we have to. Survival is our first instinct and it, it stands above everything else. I mean, you don't need to have an internal life to survive. You don't even need to be happy mm-hmm. to survive. So survival will, you don't, it's not required. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't mean happiness. It doesn't mean joy. 
But right. survival is our first primal mm-hmm. instinct. Yep. And yep. because of that, and we have to survive the outer world and survive the world we're in. We have to feed ourselves, we have to clothe ourselves, we have to shelter. So those become very, very, and, and they are important. And as a result, if you can forget that inner life can be lost or, or not nurtured because of the demands of external living. And again, I think that some people, like I said, have, have a, uh, more inclined towards it or just mm-hmm. find that at some point in their life. And I think that uh, it, it can really create a conflict. Uh, and I think that everyone goes through that journey and then makes decisions about what they want for themselves. I think one of the things that makes internal life quite scary is that we have to face ourselves and see ourselves and really feel. And part of dealing with yourself from inside out, from inside out is really that you have to deal with things that hurt you. You have to deal with your own shadows, your own inadequacies, your own fears. And so people can have a really hard time dealing with themselves and it can be painful to see and difficult. And we tend to want to avoid the things that are unpleasant. And that's what, so going outside of ourselves can feel much, can seem quote unquote easier or fill up those holes in our souls, which you talked about. So eat some food. Yeah, better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, shove that cake in my Mm -hmm. mouth. Take that drink. Hang on over there. Exactly. Right. Or, or overwork and money. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, and these things validate me when I, as you said, make this next deal and I can, because it's a distraction. It's a, you don't have to face yourself or deal with yourself when you do go inwards. And then, but and, and those who are not satisfied with that kind of life, if you, for some, that's okay. They're not looking any deeper. Or when they mm-hmm. do, it's not comfortable. So let me get away from this stuff. Exactly. And for those who, mm-hmm. and but those for those who are, I do think we still go. There is a conflict between meeting your external needs, meeting your internal needs. Uh, and, and and marrying the two together and balancing the two. And, and of course, for me, the internal life is the most important and it feeds the external life, but it's not one or the other. It really is uh, a balance. Mm-hmm. Oh, so well put. Thank you so much for that. Um, last question, and then we'll get into your uh, where people can find you and your social media links and all that kind of stuff. But how about a, a takeaway tip or for the, you know, we, of course, we want everybody to check out your website and buy the boomerang effect and invest in uh, learning more about your programs. But just from a uh, starting point, what what can our listeners do as a first step towards uh, living a better life based on your program? Mm-hmm. What can they do to get started on their own? Yeah, they take care of themselves. Um, and and uh, every, this is flung around all over the place, but it, 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 I can't stress it enough. Take some time. And that's when you talk about the five-minute formula, that mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be, oh, I have to spend half an hour and all this time. Small things, it's just somewhere where you take some time to deep breathe, to decompress, to, to note yourself, and, and to monitor in that time. One key thing a person can do, because the person will, well, what do I do for myself? Appreciate yourself. We hear a lot about gratitude, but a lot of it is like gratitude for these things. Be grateful for who you are. Turn your lens towards self-appreciation. And that's mm-hmm. not selfish. Because our critical minds are so diabolical, they're so strong, they're so dominant, and most people are not aware of how critical they are to themselves, that training yourself to look at ways in which you value who you are and doing that every day to some self-appreciation goes a long way to reprogramming yourself to see yourself in a more positive light. And just three things, just three things that you can appreciate, not something that you do, but something that you know you are. I appreciate my kindness. I appreciate my creativity. I appreciate my sensitivity. Things that you start to see yourself in a very positive light, but not just say the words, but really see something in things in who you are. And that's really helpful in reprogramming ourselves to see ourselves from a place of self-worth. And we all need to work on our self-worth. 
because it's so easily damaged or so easy or we fall from the pedestal quite easily because mm-hmm. we we have tendencies to feel really inadequate as human beings and all of us go through self-doubts no matter who we are yep well stated well listen dr bird you're a fantastic guest you're doing such good work um and thank you so much for being our special guest tonight and please take a few moments and tell our listeners where they can find out more about you where they can get your book what are your websites, your social media links, all that kind of stuff? Well, I think mine is quite simple because I'm NicolaBird.com and it's N-I-C-O-L-A. Bird's like the one that fly and that's my website. And all of my social media is under that. At my Twitter, I'm Dr. Nicola Bird. Um, I'm NicolaBird.com and my Facebook is Dr. Nicola Bird. So nice and simple, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and I... Um, everything is on my website, all my links, and, and I work with everybody anywhere uh, via Skype. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and That's anyone great. can email me, send me questions. I, I love that. So, easy to find. All right. Well, listen, thanks so much. It was a pleasure meeting you and pleasure to, so interesting to learn about your program and uh, to also to listen to your uh point of view and uh, and all the good work you're doing. So, thank you so much for being our guest tonight on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. All right. Okay. Well, listen, well, enjoy the weather up in Toronto. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I really love the city. I like people from Canada. I worked with a lot of them and I've been to Toronto a number of times and it's a great city. So have a blast this summer and uh, hopefully we'll speak again at some point in the near future. That would be lovely. Have a great evening and thanks again for having me. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Bird. Bye-bye. Okay. That was our special guest, Dr. Nicola Bird. Uh, you can learn all about her from her website, nicolabird.com. And um, that's our show for this evening. So um, I think we learned a lot about you know how people get stuck and we repeat the same patterns. And all of us, all of us fall into that trap, whether it's about food or whether it's about uh, you know self-defeating or the inner critic. I think is what Dr. Bird was referring to. But you know it doesn't have to be that way. If we if we take that extra step and remind ourselves and love ourselves and treat ourselves better than anybody as a starting point, then then we can be better people and then project more positive energy a- out to everybody else. But the first person you have to take care of in this life is yourself. And there's nothing selfish about that. It's, it's your duty to love yourself and take care of yourself. So uh, I suggest reading, digesting books, DVDs, websites, blogs, whatever, where you can get positive information about how to just deal with the day-to-day stuff that we're all faced with. And just take it from there and don't be so hard on yourself and take a deep breath and exhale and, you know, make it a process, make it part of your lifestyle. You're not going to change everything overnight. It's going to be a journey, but enjoy the journey. So that's our show. Next week, we have another great uh, kind of metaphysical, quote unquote, guest, Dr. Kimberly George. And I have done work with her and I can't wait to talk about it with her next week. So please tune in next week uh, for Dr. Kim. And um, at that point, you know, at this point, I'll say if, if you really respect yourself and you really love yourself, and you do it from a loving place where it's a way where you can love other people and help other people and be a beacon for positivity. That's a good thing. You know, even with this show, of course, I have an ego. Of course, I want to I want a global radio show where I can put the, my message out to everybody and, and share all these wonderful guests message with everybody. I got to start somewhere. I got to put in the work. I got to hone my craft. That's what I'm doing now on blog talk radio, skies guys radio. And, uh, now I'm on iTunes and now we've got 140 podcasts under our belt and we're going to keep doing more and more. I'm already booked through the end of September and, uh, and the sky's the limit. So just, keep that in your mind. It's this age is not a factor. It's, it's vitality. It's how you feel and it's putting in the work and enjoying yourself. So, and who knows, you might find as I did that guys, guys finish first. <laughs>